So you put that in and cure it. And as long, you know, you can tell, can't you, if you've got the seal to Ivy and it's going to be mm -hmm. secure, then, uh, then you're all good to go. So then you can fill the, the molar. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, Producer Arty. I'm Jazz Galati, and welcome back to Producer Dental Podcast. Today, we're talking about back-to-back -back class two restorations. What I mean by back-to-back -back is uh, adjacent. So we start off after dental school uh, trying to master the humble class two and getting good at it and getting those nice contacts that are uh, that make that nice click sound when you floss through. But then when you start doing multiple, and i.e. you're doing quadrants, then you start to realize very quickly that actually class twos are not very easy at all. Class twos are actually extremely technique sensitive. And I know we've spoken before uh, with uh, Mashek, he's come on the podcast a couple of times. Uh, and so we're gonna go one step further and talk about some of the challenges that we face when we're having uh, adjacent class twos. Uh, and the inspiration for this episode was Dr. Ryan uh, Sarayak. I hope I'm saying your name right, buddy. Uh, based in Tampa, Florida, a dentist who reached out on Instagram. Really appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, and you inspired this episode, so thank you so much. And I've got my buddy, Chris O'Connor, on today, who is gonna do an absolutely fantastic job. I'm honestly, I know you're gonna love it. The amount of gems he's gonna give you. So whether you're starting out in class twos or if you're a seasoned practitioner uh, and you still haven't quite mastered how to, which is the best way to do class twos when they're back to back and, and you're doing quadrants, then you will gain so much value from this episode. The protrusive dental pearl for this episode is, is something that we actually discussed in the main interview and it's called the wedge test. The wedge test is basically once you've done and you've finished your cavity restoration and you've got this saucer shaped design uh, and it is gonna be conducive to a good restoration, before you actually restore it now, you can do the wedge test. And the wedge test is actually uh, choosing the appropriate size wedge that you think will be best and actually placing it in position. It's like a rehearsal, you're rehearsing the wedge and you're just making sure that the wedge is doing what it's supposed to do, i.e. it's compressing the papilla, it's acti the active part of the wedge is below the margin of the cavity, uh, and to make sure that you are getting enough separation, i.e. there's no point using a wedge if uh, it's gonna be really loose, uh, and although it might be in the right position vertically, it's just hanging loose, so you actually want a tight enough wedge so you get some separation. That's one of the objectives of, of, get, of using a wedge as well as getting the right seal. So do you think you have enough separation? Is it stable? Is it not encroaching the space where the matrix is going to be? So if it's encroaching, i.e. it's too high up, it is too coronal, and uh, if you put that wedge, it will be uh, sort of crimpling or occupying the space which the restorative material is supposed to occupy, then that's no good. So here's where you actually need to modify the, the wedge, i.e. using a scalpel or a handpiece or drill, and just to uh, get the shape of the wedge correct. So that is the wedge test as inspired by Chris O'Connor. And before we join the main interview, I want to say a big thank you to all the Petrusorati for voting Petrusorati on the podcast as your favorite podcast in the genre of treatment planning and inclusion, and also the runner-up in general dentistry. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, this, this was all on Course Karma. So Course Karma is this awesome website where you can find reviews of all the different courses, uh, live hands-on courses and online courses. So if you haven't already checked out Course Karma, please do. So it's a community of thousands of dentists and you guys voted this podcast as your favorite in those fields. So thank you so much for everyone who voted. 
Uh, I really appreciate the love. I mean, last year when I won the same category, uh, I didn't even know this existed. So this was a, like a big surprise. Now I did encourage you once to, to vote and I, I'm glad you did. I really appreciate this. Uh, it's nice to be recognized in this way. So thank you so much. Now let's join the main episode with Chris O'Connor and I'll catch you in the outro. Chris O'Connor, welcome to the Protrusive Down podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Jess. It's a pleasure to be uh, chatting to you on this wonderful platform. It is great to have you, my friend. Uh, like I-, I mentioned this same kind of intro when we did our little webinar. We did an on-demand webinar uh, with you, I, and Alan, uh, the Bergmeister, Alan Bergen, uh, on-, on YouTube, where we talked about finding centric relation. That was a real fun one. It's got over a thousand views at the moment. Uh, and that was a real fun chat that we had, actually. Uh, and that's on YouTube available if you want to watch it. But um, the-, the-, the way that we met is I went to one of your lectures. I'm just saying again, for those who haven't heard that, uh, seen that video is that way we met is I saw you lecture you had a lot more hair back then so you lecture uh, uh, it was <laughs> for the DPL and it was uh, the, the, the title was are you isolated and and I literally came into the lecture thinking this was this was a uh, lecture about mental health and and mindfulness and that kind of stuff but it was actually about rubber dam and it blew my mind that day I mean your rubber dam skills are insane that was so many years ago and just you know it just makes sense that now what you've become and what you're doing and with incidental which we'll mention very soon as well is just uh, amazing so uh, it's great to have you as part of the profession advancing our restorative dentistry as a day-to-day basis um chris tell us about yourself for those who don't know you okay yeah great um so jazz i'm i i'm well just a i graduated from newcastle 2008 and i you know started off pretty normal took some hospital jobs like yourself and i was working in as an hs general dentist and i think maybe a little bit like you i really enjoyed teaching a lot and, um, you know, I think uh, why uh, was I always felt, and I, I think there's a little bit with you as well, why you do this is the more you teach, the easier it is to learn. Because uh, you know that um, show on, do on, teach one thing. Uh, the taxonomy, me, isn't it? I, it's the taxonomy. You learn yeah. the most uh, when, so you, when you're I, teaching, absolutely. You know, I, I enjoy teaching, but selfishly, uh, I mainly do it because it really helps me learn. So I, I was pretty keen on it. And I used to do a day a week at the dental hospital and I did a bit of odds. And then I, I was working on some stuff and I did a few little like talks, you know, how you start usually like, I don't know, making the most of your FD courses. People always seem to run that for a little bit. And then I, I, I got a big break at the Northern Deanery uh, at the time um, to do um, some practical courses. I think they were struggling to find people at the time. Um, so it was really early on. I'm sure it's more than that, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, it was early on. It was probably too soon in hindsight, but it really, I mean, I was in three days um, running lots of times for the FD, so I really had to really work on it and photograph my stuff. And this is kind of, it's not like it is now where the photography is so good. I, I look at it now, it's like, wow. But at the time, you know, I was working really hard. It was decent. And um, we were doing some really nice phantom head stuff with the FDs. And I've done that in the last 10 years, really, uh, ever since then. Um, so I was doing quite a bit of teaching. And then I um, went back. I, I, I sort of was getting a bit sick of NHS dentistry. And um, I decided to go back to the Newcastle University to teach as a faculty. And I worked there the last sort of seven years, really, um, and just left recently. So I was doing my PhD, um, running clinical trials. I did that with the 3M. I uh, taught in the master's program and went my way up kind of doing that. And that, that's been great. And then, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I, so I'm on, I think I'm on my third career. So that was my second career as a clinical academic. <laughs> Um, and that was good for a while. And then uh, a few things happened, you know, COVID hit, the job changed somewhat. Um, I had a bit of a reevaluation. And so I'm now on my third career, uh, which is I set up Incidental, which is, uh, you know, I, 
I'd, I'd had a platform called Incidental Blog when I first graduated, which kind of got me into the lecturing, which was like a, a bit like, I guess, a very rubbish Instagram page it would be now, <laughs> but very rubbish. <laughs> but it was good at the time. I, well, it was okay at the time. And, um, and, and so, and I had this incidental training, which was what I called all of my um, courses for the FDs and, and lifelong learning. And I, and I, we set up Incidental Limited, which was selling products. So one of the products we used to use a lot on my courses was the Torbier Mons, and they were mm. getting really difficult to buy in the UK. So I was like, well, let's try and sort that out because it was getting really annoying. There's just so many fakes out there. So we set the company up. The, the reason and... I just want to give you give, give incidental plug because there are so many counterfeits out there and I, I really enjoy using Tor VM matrices. Uh, funny story, actually, my, my nurse, when I'm teaching her the different matrices names, because, you know, as we know, there's no one matrix for every scenario. So you've got, you got to keep a, a couple of different types of matrices. I know that you, you guys stock a lot of them, but um, my nurse, for some reason, she just couldn't get on with the term Tor VM. And I said, can you give me the Tor VM 30? Can you give me the Tor VM 50? She, so now is quite the Russian one and she's so much happy with that and I'm happy with that it just sounds a bit weird in front of the patient can you just give me the Russian one but anyway uh, that, that's what we do now but yeah you guys sell the genuine stuff uh, because there are a lot of counterfeits and a lot of the UK dentists have been stung by that as I've seen on Instagram yeah and there wasn't you know at the time there wasn't a, a UK distributor and I think it's I think it's difficult I think there's some pressures from the market the, the, I don't know why they weren't picked up to be honest with you um you know to make you know matrices for a lot of people as well you know different ones um, but they, they're fantastic product amazing product and they're really innovative and um, so anyway we got them on the market and, and that and that literally was pretty much the goal it was basically just so i could buy them without it being a pain <laughs> and then um and i did it with a couple of mates uh like all good ideas that came up in the in the pub and we were like oh let's give it a go and um yeah it's sort of this well, where did we start trading? It was a couple of years ago, and we started trading only eighteen months, maybe ago, and then you know it kind of got bigger quite quick. Um, I got some, I think, I was teaching a long time, so I had some help from people I knew uh, to get the word out, and it's a great product. So it took off, and suddenly it needed a bit more time. So I, I finished up at the uni long term, and I, I've been doing it pre full time since July, and then I'm just going back to clinic. Um, at the end of this month, actually, because I've, I've been really missing it, and you know how it is when you start a business—you just gotta, you just gotta fix the problems and get it sorted and and get it going. And then um, now it's doing okay, and you got some staff involved and get them going. Then I'm hoping I can balance the clinic and on that as well. So that's been that's been cool, and we've spun off training courses with you know um, Alan Bergen and my really good friend uh, Ollie Bailey, who's a, a fantastic academic and has got really similar interests. And yes, I, I don't know if that's probably uh, more than enough info about, about that, but it's, a, it's going, it's no, going it's, amazing. It's a great introduction because we, we like to know everyone's journey. So your journey is very much from um, teaching quite quite early on about how to do you know direct restoratives and some of the papers that you've, you know, you've been very humble. You haven't mentioned some of the papers. Uh, these papers, guys, are so practical, so pragmatic, so useful. Uh, like I discovered quite late on about papilla management and all these things, but I see some of your papers from years ago talking about that kind of stuff. I'm like, hang on a minute, why didn't I read this paper before? So some of these uh, you very kindly shared on the Protrusive Down Community uh, Facebook group. So uh, if, if you don't mind, I can share them under this uh, podcast uh, blog post uh, with everyone as well. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. We do, like, my interests are you know well it, it, direct restoration bonding with decent dentistry i guess um a lot of you know i mean really jazz when we real met was when i was teaching off your resin bonded bridge uh, papers you know uh, and they and they were similar you know they were great really grounded really practical really you know i you know really enjoy it so yeah um 
so yeah they're about that and then more more later looking at, I, I suppose i've been looking at full mouth stuff i suppose it'd be like you yeah, that's a kind of a, a classic journey get good get good at your single tooth stuff and then you we we, we, start, we like to talk about these uh, things uh, on on our on our Facebook, don't we? <laughs> uh, along with Alan Bergen and Richard McKindo and all these uh, uh, great people. But, but today's episode is very much about um, a challenge when it comes to uh, class twos because we talked a little bit about class twos. We had Mashik on, who we both admire very much. Uh, but one thing we haven't talked about specifically is when we're doing that scenario of back to back class twos, i.e adjacent class two, like a, a distal of the of, of the second premolar, the mesial or MOD of the, the first molar, and maybe the mesial of the second molar, that kind of uh, back-to-back class twos. And this was inspired by uh, Dr. Ryan Syriac. I hope I'm saying your name right, buddy, from Tampa, Florida, who who, who said, hey, Jazz, can you cover this topic? I'm like, yes, I know exactly the guy I want to cover this topic. Uh, and here you are. So let's talk about the challenges. So if I could share some of my struggles with you, Chris, because something I'm still... I don't think I've mastered at all. And, and I, know, I know you'll be able to break it down for me because when I have that situation, when I'm doing a quadrant and isolation, I have no problems with. I'm happy to isolate in, 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 in any and all scenarios. I've worked really hard on that over the years. So isolation for me is not a struggle. The struggle is that I want to be quick and I want to be efficient. I want to be more than quick. I want to be efficient. And the ideal scenario is that when I've got my etch out, I would like to etch all the enamel everywhere. Uh, and I don't really etch the dentine so much. We can talk about it another time. But uh, I want to be able to then bond and then place my composite uh, as an efficient way. So do an increment in the second premolar, do an increment in the first molar, do an increment. Do, and, and that for me is I can be so much quicker. But the reason I have shied away from, from doing that, and really I, I, I nowadays I probably manage one tooth at a time, is that I, I feel as though I get a better, tighter contact because I've burnt my fingers in the past where I've got two matrices side by side, maybe two 12VMs or a 12VM and, and a different type of matrix up against each other. And I feel as though that once I remove the matrices, uh, there wasn't as tight of a contact area as I wanted. So please just talk about some of the challenges that we face with back-to-backs and any advice you have on that. And how do you do it now? Yeah, I, it's a classic dentistry, isn't it? Is sort of speed and control. And uh, it's uh, you always, you want the control and sometimes you have to sacrifice some speed for that. Um, and I, I agree, I think doing lots together gets difficult and can get messy and is less predictable. So um, you you sort of, you go one way and usually you come back. So, you know, um, so let's, uh, let's try and break it down um, and make it tangible to just, uh, we will start like, you, you sort of went in and you were like, yeah, we're going to be using sectionals and stuff like that. So maybe just a tiny bit on, on, on that idea. So really quickly, um, you got like a, 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 a single class two and you put a, a Toffelmeyer or Supreme under any active band, one that tightens, because you can get curved Toffelmeyer bands, but they, when they tighten, they tend to go flat and you get a contact that's really high up the tooth um, and usually too high up and you polish it off and you don't get a nice contact area. You want a contact area that's low down and then the contact profile will come up, touch and curve back on itself. And that's much easier to clean, much easier to floss, and it's much less likely to get fractures, which are the second most common cause of composite failure is fracture. If, if it's like a, 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 fi- a, a thin uh, flat contact point it's unsupported at the top and they tend to break so that's that's the goal and that's maybe why it's difficult to do the best contact points with with active bands right are you enjoying the protrusive dental podcast well allow me to deliver you 
even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later. You can get all of that for less than 15 tax deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We work so hard on this protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. So that's how, how we do them. And then let's go into that. Um, uh, and so so an alternative to using an active band is using a, 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 a passive band like a sectional band. These can have a really nice curve to them. Um, and then classically you, you put that band in and you're going to place a wedge. And just really briefly, what do we put the wedge in for? seal cervically but also to create separation classically and let's say a wooden wedge which is the only one we really have good research on that can separate the teeth by about 90 micron and then it drops to about 60 micron okay so that's the separation you can get from what, a, what do you uh, mean by drops to uh, why does it drop what do you, what do you mean yeah by the drops? well this 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 there's very little research on on like distance of separation and of course it will change between patient which is probably why it's not amazingly well researched and the guy this this study is from heli which is down in, in 1986 and it's a pilot study and it's pretty much the only paper on this but what they said in the paper was if you put a wooden wedge in it will separate by about 90 microns initially as you as you place it and then it will drop back down uh to 60 microns and there's some like a rebound, rebound that happens. yeah mm. some rebound that happens but there's also a bit in the paper about how it can swell with the fluid that might kind of aid it so it's really interesting because that's literally it that's all we've got about distance Wow. The other stuff's all about tightness. So that's from the guys from the Radbound University mainly, you know, like um, uh, Nick Obdam's group and Baz Lumens. And they they look at it, but they they measure like how tight the contacts are afterwards. Mm. So it's not on distance. And I, I like the distance stuff because we pick the bands by thickness, right? So so that's that's mm. really helpful. And, and if I hadn't left clinical academia, jazz, I would be definitely wanting to look at that. I think it'd be a cool paper. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it anyway. I'll figure it out. Yeah. So totally. so anyway, but but the reason we use the wedge was classically to create the separation. So you put your metal band in, top of my might be flat, you put your wedge in and you're creating this 60 microns. So you need a band traditionally that's thinner than you you need to separate by at least the thickness of the band. So that when mm. you take the band out, you've got a contact point. Okay. And I think mm. that's sometimes forgotten a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. I remember when I graduated, just tightening the band up and going, oh, it's sealed cervically. I don't need a wedge. And then you're like, afterwards, you're like, oh, I need a wedge. You know? so yes. You need to oh, take, definitely been there. To, Very early on, definitely to, been there. Yeah, you need to create the separation. And we just, it, it just, I don't know, sectional matrix came out and it was all like, oh, you know, it's jazzy. But we forget, like, just the fundamentals, what you're trying to do. You want something that's stable, so it absolutely doesn't move, seals cervically and creates the separation. And critically is usable it has to be doable for, for average humans well just so we before we continue uh, chris if you don't mind, I, I know um you can talk day and night about this topic but just talks to us about the value of pre-wedging i'm a big fan of pre-wedging to uh, compress your papilla to get some initial separation to uh, reduce the chance of iatrogenic damage i quite losing the, the, the wedge guards as well that kind of stuff um where, where do you stand on pre-wedging yeah, I mean, all those things that you've, you've said, I think 
is 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 and it's pretty well established. I I, I actually funnily I, I do pre wedge. I, I like I like it, but there's always a period, isn't there? I think you 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 do your pre wedge. You're like oh, I'm a pre wedger, and you you know and you do, and then you always have to take the wedge out at some point to finish the margin. Yeah. And you think, well, how much how much space? You know, it's all like I'm pre separating, and I'm you know, I, meh, yeah, you know, but but yeah, it, you know, let's do it, let's go. But uh, say like those wedge guards, for instance. They're, they're um, a passive wedge, so they don't create any separation because they're 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 V-shaped, or mm-hmm. usually anyway, most of the brands are. So you put that in, that's not creating any separation. It's lovely for a guard, but then once you break the contact, the, the thing comes loose anyway, doesn't it? And you start going, mm-hmm. you know. So then you take it out, then you put your wooden one in, and you. So it, it, it's it, it's helpful, but I I I think still fundamental fundamentally you need to to be wedging well when you do the band and you're usually rechecking at that point anyway um so i i, I do it but it, it doesn't change the the critical point which is when you finish your cavity prep you need to do a wedge test you need to find a wedge uh that's going to achieve the goals that you want so that it fits below the um the the cavity margin so it seals um so that it doesn't deform the matrix by rising too high or stopping the contact profile um and or it might need trimming or you might need a low profile wedge whatever but you need to find one that solves the job and that that doesn't go away whether you pre-wedge or not to be honest this wedge test is why is one of the many reasons why uh, class twos are not easy they are so fiddly they are so technique sensitive uh, and we sometimes in dentistry the mistake we made as, as general dentists is we think that oh class two is one of the first thing we were taught at dental school therefore it's an easy thing but to get proper isolation proper matrix selection, proper wedge selection, doing a wedge test. This is why uh, it takes time to do good direct restorative dentistry. And this is why we should charge appropriately. And this is why we can't do fillings in 20 minutes, whereas some colleagues can. But then there's a difference. You know, you're looking for that difference in, in quality, difference in what you're trying to do. So as long as you uh, respect the fact that class two is really, if you want to do them properly, they're not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, let's just like that papilla paper we did, we sort of break it down about, what to do if you fail the, the wedge test, right? So you, 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 if the wedge doesn't sit below, it just deforms the band in. And you, you're going to create, and we, we, I become sort of obsessed with matrix distortion, um, you know, and 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 this is lots of things. But the first thing, and the rings and everything, they cause distortion, and we can go into that later, but or, or not, maybe it depends on how 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 how, <laughs> how much I've uh, sucked out of you. But but like the wedge is the first bit. If the wedge is deforming the matrix before you've even started selecting your matrix or selecting your ring you've got no chance um so it's key and if it's not you either need to take the gum down or you need to do the cavity in two steps so you might do a first hip where you just build it up without creating separation and then you do the the second stage and they're two strategies which are uh, will both work and there's there's a time for for both you know um so so and then this is this is important for the back-to-backs because the back-to-backs are just this but but more difficult so we need it stabilized which is more difficult because we've got two bands and things are moving we need to do the wedge test but that's kind of difficult as well because they're at different heights slightly so all these things while we're dancing around the topic of back to bags they are uh intrinsic to it it's just it's just maybe one of those situations which kind of focuses the mind because when it goes wrong it goes wrong more horribly well said so really in those situations when we got back to back class twos we still have the fundamentals of everything that we do in our uh, you know single class twos but it just becomes a little bit more difficult because like you said they might be uh, different where they finish in terms of cavity margin uh, the wedge uh, test may be more difficult to pass uh, in that case so Give us some, I mean, so one of the challenges I've had in the past, and we can go through it in one by one, is, yeah, I mean, timing. 
when what do you do at the moment chris in terms of do you like to then uh, like one of the ways that i was always taught to do classes always do the uh, the the wall first convert it into a class one and then and then go from there so uh, a do you uh, is that how you tend to do it and then and then b part of that question is do you like to do the efficient way and and do them all at one time and then cure or are you still very much doing what I do for, to get that control, but it slows you down a bit, is do one at a time? Because just like you touched on earlier, you need to create the space or you need to create the separation of the thickness of the matrix. When you've got two matrices next to each other, you obviously need to create more uh, separation in a way. Um, tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, generally it's one at a time for me. Um, and you can either do the, you can do the walls, but you're still doing them one at a time and do the rest, you know? Or you can mm. do the wall and finish it, move and do it. You know, and there's there's sort of a nice thing in in doing the increments, but you you're generally going to have to sort of re-sandblast because it will get it probably get contaminated at some point, you know. So it's it's mm. kind of sometimes sometimes it's slightly more efficient, but often it's a false economy and just complicating it. So let's and, just... And just to check, Chris, just to check it because you mentioned that point about uh, doing one and then doing the other. But but what what what, what I I think you mean is. Do one and then remove that matrix. Henceforth, you're removing the thickness of that matrix and then re-wedge test and then you do the second one, right? Yeah, let's just let's just walk it through because we're gonna lose ourselves. So let's just let's imagine we've got a five and a six. The five's got a DO, the six has got an MO. Okay. So we finish the cavity preps and we want lovely smooth ones, we want a nice sort of saucer shape and, and low stress. So let's get that done. Now we're gonna matrix them both. Okay. Um, and there's a couple of so one of the things you might, when I, you know, we were sold these kits in 2008 particularly, but the sectional band matrix kits have been out since the 1950s, but you're always sold, you know, it's a, a the bean-shaped band, you've got the ring, and you're like, I've got to use all these things from the kit. I've got it. They're, they're there. I've got to use them. If you try and do one at a time and you place a sectional band and place the ring, of course, what happens, it just um, encroaches or buckles out into the, um, the other cavity, you know, um, and I've seen that done. Uh, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, people are post-occasion. You can see they've just they've just sort of used the kit kind of as they would normally. And it, mm. it's disastrous because there's nothing to separate against, you know. Mm. Um, so so if you just place one matrix, so let's say we're doing that six and the five and we place it on the six. And just want to say, Chris, um, it's first molar and, and second premolar because we do have people from the US and when they get five to six, they get a little bit confused. So uh, Ooh, we're going to use second premolar because it was actually an American. Uh, it, was, it was Ryan from Tampa, Florida, who asked this question. So in a tribute to you, uh, uh, Ryan, we're going to use a second premolar and first molar. So yes, you put the, the, the matrix in the, in the first molar, but then that then will then encroach the space of the second premolar. Yeah. And it'll tip in naturally, or it'll be hard to secure. Remember, one of the goals of the matrix wedge separator complex is that it's stable enough to pack against. You've really got to pack composite, otherwise you're going to get uh, voids and all those kinds of things. So, so it's going to be difficult to get stable. And if you do, it tends to encroach into the other cavity. So early days, maybe, oh, how I can fix this, I'll put a load of PTFE tape in the, in the premolar cavity and try to build it out. Um, and I've, I've, I've tried that. And what tends to happen is you still get it wrong you still go too much over over one way and you end up with one that's too big and then you get a really difficult contact point when you do it separately um another option for you is if you try and do them both at the same time so you put your two sectional bands in and then you try and separate them together and the difficulty you've got then is they're both loose they're both unstable and if you then put a um uh, a separating ring on or, or something like that it, it, they buckle in together they haven't got enough support or if you try and just do it with a wedge, you can't create enough separation because you're trying to create like a hundred micron of separation now because you've got two fifty micron mm. bands. So mm -hmm. that that doesn't work too well either. 
So the best way to do it is place your band in the um, in the pre in the molar, place your band carefully in the premolar, and share the space out. Okay, so you share the space out by having both bands in position at the same time. An interesting one then is whether you place a wedge or not. So um, you can, but because they're both moving, it can be quite hard to get the wedge in, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, it can be quite hard to satisfy the wedge test on both cavities. And sometimes it will make things sort of move or shift and things. So if I can get a really good seal, I will happily not wedge it at this point because I don't need the separation. And I'll actually secure the two matrices with some liquidam, which I use mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, a lot of my class twos, I'll, I'll secure everything with the, with the liquidam. So you put that in and cure it. And as long, you know, you can tell, can't you, if you've got the seal survivably and it's going to be mm -hmm. secure, then, uh, then you're all good to go. So then you can fill the, the molar. Um, so there's no off. ring here. So you've just got the two matrices in place to make sure that the space is not encroached. You've got your yeah. liquid dam in the abrasure space just to keep it stable for stability. Yeah. And there's no ring here because you don't need the separation because you haven't got anything to separate against. Yeah, you don't need it. And, and, and when, if you place a ring at this point, you will lose those beautiful curves and they will almost mm. always distort. Because if you think these rings, and that, you know, this is something I would talk about a lot, they're like springs going in. And this is, I think this is, I think we're in a new phase of matricing. I really do. I think we had the first phase, like 1950s, we had a second phase, 2008, when Triodent came and poof, and it was these rings, these night eye rings, and oh, they're really strong. And, and, they, and then soft bands, because we were like, we need to burnish them. And then and then what you realize is these rings and these soft bands just create really flat or concave profiles because the, the ring is so uh, pushing in mm. and, and squeezing everything off. So, so I think it's, so at this point particularly, it's a mistake to, to, to do that because you, you've got nothing even steady to, to matrix against because there's two matrices next to each other. Another thing, guys, if, if, if I don't lose you here, um, is the space, the, you know, the space between those two cavities, mm -hmm. um, particularly with premolars, it can be quite a big, I, I call this a bridging gap. So it's the space between the cavity and the next two, or how mm -hmm. far you want to get across. The, the base, and, we're talking about the base, the very base of I call gingival base of the cavity, right? Yeah. So like for instance, premolars are more curvy than molars, right? So, and this, this is, like, not a lot, I, you know, I, as a researcher, you know, you're using matrix bands and I, I've bought every system and I've been working on them. And one of the problems, like classic problem is a premolar is more curved than molar. But all the sexual bands seem to be like made for molars. So they only have that mm -hmm. profile to them, like pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of how they work. And and so I've seen this on uh, Instagram particularly, like someone's put in uh, a matrix on the six and the five, but they're not touching together because the mm -hmm. bands aren't curved enough. And that's really yep. difficult. And so they might try and solve that problem by putting a ring on and, mm. and so the ring will tip them in together, which might work, but it will just deform them like crazy too. So it's not, that's not the solution. And what was really cool in matricing was uh, David Clark and the BioClear guys started to release matrices of various curve. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my check who you had on, you know, he, I think he did a wicked job at picking that up, looking at bridging gaps and going, look, we need, actually, we need different curves for different situations. And I, 100%, like 100%, that's it. Um, and so you need them to touch. And, and what's great now is we're starting to get more options for more curve bands. Because you you mm -hmm. know you, let's say that six and five you want them to actually touch and share the space and you might want a more curvy one on the premolar and a slightly less curvy one on the molar or you might want two mm -hmm. really curved ones if, if they've got a big bridging gap if it's very deep and, cavities yeah yeah and one of the cool things with working with Torbjorn was they 
they were distributing for them, I was like, would you please, it would make my life if we had some more Kirby bands. So we, uh, I actually designed them, prototyped them, and we developed them, these double Kirby Amazing. bands. And it was cool because before they were only available in Mylar, and Mylar's got some good things about it, but it, it's quite thick. It's usually 70, 75 micron, which has got some issues. And also it's quite fiddly to place. So we've now got some some curved bands. So typically in this situation, I might put a regular TBM on the six and a, a double curve on the five, maybe. Tack them and do the six. Yeah. Once you finish the six, cure it and everything, you then have a lovely opportunity and you're going to take both of those matrix bands out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a lovely opportunity just to check the, the contact profile um, and check there's no overhang and, and finish that. Um, and that's why the first cavity that you do, I think we're going to do, usually I'll do the more difficult one. So I'll get that one done. Sure. I've got the six, uh, the, the molars then done. And now I'm going to go to the premolar. And that's very much like how you would do a classic class two now. You've got the wall of the six to do. So you're going to go ahead and put your band in. It should be the same one you did, but occasionally, you know, it's worth checking. You're going to, um, sorry, before you put the band in, you'll do your wedge check. Make sure you've got a wedge that's going to sit below. You're going to place the band, place your wedge. And then at that point, you can you could place a, a separating ring or not. Um, so separating ring, if people like to use them, uh, we know from the Lumen studies and all of these that it creates a huge amount of separation, possibly too much. You don't necessarily need that much, uh, and you'll get a really tight contact point, definitely. What mm. I would say to you is when you put a really strong ring on, you quite often get deformation too. That, that band, um, and... This is classic, right? You put the ring on and it just goes all square or it buckles or it crimples. It just crimples. All right. I remember your mitre, uh, the episode you did with him about how it can gap at the bottom of cyclically. Mm-hmm. And he talked about pulling it up. But I, for me, the reason that happens mainly actually is because of the ring. The ring puts it uh, under tension, the band, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. just, it tents, it opens. And if you want to learn more about that, have a look at my colleague, Ollie Bailey, who, who do it. He wrote a, a really lovely article on Matrix, um, uh, the distorted truth about about these rings, about the deformations, and we started really <laughs> Love that title. Yeah, and, and it, this was based on some work we'd done together and some lectures we'd given, and we wrote it up, and it's beautifully done. And we just we're not saying don't use a separating ring because you obviously get really tight contacts, but there's massive issues with it too that it creates these concavities. They look, and you can't see it when you finish your filling, but. but um, like we were doing a lot of tests and taking them out of models and you can see these concave you know and the city's looking at this these concave surfaces which are almost you know impossible to clean because they drop in does that make sense and, and all these it, it, it makes perfect yeah exactly where you don't want that concave surface um, uh, at the junction of the interface of the restra- of the restoration of the tooth you tend to get a, a little, just a little bit higher up than that you get these uh, uh, concavities and that makes perfect sense so really what you're saying is that just because we have the ring available doesn't mean we always need to use the ring and it sounds like actually a lot of times you can get away without using the ring as long as you have a, a decent stable wedge which you think is achieving enough separation now that you've done the first molar and you can really feel that okay we're getting some good separation here on the on the yeah, premolar. So, so i have i have one band in and i will either pick a 35 micron band which is pretty thin um totally i'm hardened steel generally or i will pick a um uh, maybe a, they've got some really nice new titanium ones which are 30 micron even thinner uh, and the double go, and they're they're nice because they have this memory quality, so they're quite cool. I'm playing with them at the moment. But anyway, you 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 put that in. You've only got to get a separation of 35 microns. So why do we need mm. a ring? You know, we know mm. we can get that with a wooden wedge as long as it's mm. well secured. And if we if we put that in, put the wooden wedge in, yeah, 
Um, the only thing that's missing is that it's unstable mm -hmm. because the ring helps stabilize it too. So what I would tend to do is get my trusty liquid am out, gun some around the two around around the um, the band, cure it, and that makes it absolutely solid, so it doesn't move. Um, and then I'll fill it, uh, take dismantle, and I've got a lovely contact. And it's not too tight. I think there's a problem with too tight contact points as well. But it's too tight from um, what we have in you know in, in your well, I'm to think, what, what you have um, naturally. Then what happens is the tooth just drift back anyway. Um, yep. You know, there's some studies looking at contact tightness, and it starts off tight, but it just goes, you know, back anyway. What we're trying to do is recreate nature, not make something art. You know, I think I definitely had a, quite a long period where I was obsessed with making contact points so tight that they were almost impossible to clean. I was like, I've nailed this. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not the case. It doesn't. It just needs to be, you know, uh, tight so that we don't get a food impaction and and and. It, natural you know so, yeah, i think so in, in in the natural course of all uh restorative dentists who, who enjoy what we do and we all go through this phase of learning and experimenting i think we all uh, can put our hands up and say we're guilty of making overly tight contacts because we think we're doing a great job and interestingly i saw on facebook once there's a guy called uh, dr vasil krimpai i'm so sorry if i'm perversing your name buddy um i want to take a stab and say he's from romania but i might be wrong but i saw it on tomorrow tooth group where he um he posted a case where he he admitted that okay i actually i made these contacts too tight and then at the one year follow-up the premolar uh, which was in the middle of all this tightness started to intrude and then he eased the contacts and it started to extrude again so that was really that was really cool to see yeah i mean and that's let's, let's just name check tomorrow tooth and let's name check and um, pascal veniti you know um uh, and, and those guys because this idea of tacking with liquidam you know i definitely picked you know picked up from from them i think and then i ran with it somewhat but you know, the, the this idea of stabilizing without the ring has been massive for me, and that's something we teach mm -hmm. and we look at. And you know, there's place for rings, but actually, the more I'm doing it, and the more that we have available different curves of bands, the more one of the main reasons you need the ring is to tip the band against the tooth. If you think about it, mm -hmm. um, if you don't have a contact when you place the the band passively, you have to tip it out to get the contact, uh, mm -hmm. and the ring will do that for you. But when it does that, it flattens it too. And so you're back in that Toffelmeyer situation where you have a flat contact that's too high up. Um, so so the, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited about the developments we've managed to do with Tor to make these different curves. And also the BioClear stuff was a game changer with that. But the, the problem with those is you can get the curve, but you have to have a ring because they're 70, 75 microns thick. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just can't get enough separation with the wedge. Um, so it's really exciting to have bigger curves available in thinner in metal for me for the technique that i like and the one that i've been working on um you know uh, annoying thing about matching as you know is <laughs> there isn't like oh and then it all works uh yeah. and, and and that's that's definitely there's a lot of troubleshooting and problem solving just on um one thing to just talk about when we when you do the liquid dam on the second if you do a back-to-back -back, if you're not careful the liquid dam could stick to the composite that you've just finished um, mm -hmm. So you do the molar, you finish that, you do the premolar, and you tack it again, and they glue together. And on the course, sometimes I forget to tell everyone, and they all glue them together. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So you need to put some glycerin and cure through it to get the oxygen inhibitor layer off, or have have finished it, polished it first, or use use a different technique. Or, or sometimes on the course, because we don't have the glycerin everywhere, it's messy. You can wrap some PTFE tape around the uh, around the around the stick just to be absolutely sure. Um, but it, but yeah, that's a kind of great point. It, it, great, great it doesn't point. happen. It happens more on um, 
on on the models when we're training when it happens in in real life. I have to say. Well, we're just on that point with Liquid Dam, just to make it uh, give some dentists some more ideas. So. One of the things about Liquidam when we're using it to, in that way to uh, get some more stability of your second matrix, let's say. The other benefit is that it actually can give you a uh, buckle and palatal seal as well um, so that um, there's less mess to clean up at the end. That's all it means, really. Uh, because if it's not the end, I, I always used to be work really hard and I used to get stressed myself out on really making sure I had this um, uh, coverage of the... Uh, matrix on to the buckle wall and the platal wall and put all this look at them when really I sometimes think okay so what if I get a little bit of excess it's so easy to get number 12 blade or a soft flex and just clean it away so I, I'm, I'm a little bit le less stressed as long as my cervical seal is on point yeah I'd, I'd pull on that definitely so what when you one of the difficult situa situations you get and like we do I, 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 uh, we do a cause of this we do basically I've made all these type of dunk scenarios with all slightly difficult different situations and we do it just totally problem solving it was basically that i felt like the way to learn this is by learning to troubleshoot because there's no recipe so this is that's the basis of the course we just made all these scenarios and like gave some ideas you know there's all the kit there you've got all the bands and you go well let's try this try that and figure it out yourself because that's how it's like in real life so that was the whole idea mm -hmm. but one of the ones we do is a wide box where you've lost that buckle and lingual support yes and and that's definitely one i'm i'm, I'm if you try to wrap the band buccal and lingual, then what happens is you flatten the band and you mm. lose the contact profile because you're putting it under tension and torsion. Mm. And that's what we do with the rings. And it's like it's a ring. even and it's even worse when you use a ring and you've lost buccal and lingual because it's got nowhere to go and it has to buckle in. And yep. so you know, you see people do it and they try and like build the buckle, build the lingual, and then place the sectional band and then place the ring. You know? And it's, it becomes really fussy to do it that way. It takes a very long time, you know. Um, so what I would suggest is just place the band and get the band, get the contact profile, because that's the bit you can't finish and polish. Get that right and leave it open almost, buckle and lingual, tack it, finish your restoration. And then if you have to polish back the buckle, like you say, it's it's no problem. But don't the bit you cannot you cannot do anything about is the contact profile. That's the, that, that's, Amen. that's what they mentioned about. And just a tiny bit on that, a new trick that I've been and uh, you know, most of the stuff, Jazz, that I do, I've nicked from somebody else. Pretty much, <laughs> same as you. I, I, you know, you, you, I, you know, and I, you take. We are the it, greatest plagiarists, Chris. <laughs> you make it your own, but you're nicking everything. I, I probably am. I'm the first but, to admit that. You know that. <laughs> but a nice thing I, I've worked out was these titanium bands. They literally only just come to market uh, this this uh, this summer. Is is what you can do with them is like I say like burn. I call it activating them. So you rub the band with it, and and they they go from being like a a, a solid form to being like a spring. So they've like opened up and stuff. So you can get one of these and you run it with a with a with a probe and it almost like curls up on itself. If you can imagine that. And then what mm -hmm. you can do is open it up on these wide class twos, open it up and let it kind of naturally wrap around the tooth, like a like a little bit of okay. ice cream. And it's a really cool technique because you get the you get the profile, but you also help it come around buckle and lingle. Uh, but it does it in a way that is not deforming uh, the band. And it, if anyone, if that makes uh, a bit hard to envisage we have an instagram and i've got a little i do a little short videos and that's one of them on, on how to please tell us that. your instagram handle because it's a very educational page lots of great stories and videos uh, and great videos on phantom heads on patients showing uh, these techniques uh, just remind us of your instagram handle yeah so we're it's incidental limited um and you know and that's the that's our web shop um at incidental limited and we yeah we do little uh 
talk things through, rubber dam, uh, matrixing and stuff like that. We do these, like, you know, <laughs> try to do these reels where we put it, uh, like, really short, you know. Um, I'll, I'll shoot it and clip it, and, and people can have a little look. But a lot of these techniques, you, once you've seen them once, you're like, oh, you know, that's, that's, that, you, it, 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 it's, and that's the great thing now with, with social media, you know, you, you can pick up these tips so quick, um, and, and then, Give it, give it a go, and 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 um, I'm pretty sure you'll get some really nice results. Um, I can, I've seen these videos, and, and they're 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 so, they're, they're so let's let's say they're tangible. They are. You can pick up these uh, the tips and apply them on Monday morning. So I, I really appreciate you you sharing that, and I'll share the, the Instagram name in the blog post as well, and on the YouTube when it comes on. Um, you covered the main points that I wanted to cover for Ryan, and I, I, you've actually really helped me as well to remember some of these points about uh, the mage seeing and the thicknesses and the wedge tear. So that's been absolutely fantastic, Chris. Any final points about um, any tips that you want to pass on to dentists when they're uh, 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 approaching these challenges with back-to-back -back class twos before I then also want to just find out about your, your courses in 2022 uh, and beyond? Yeah, so... Um... One thing I didn't do, which I was going to, was which one to do first. Okay, yes, please. Yeah, any guidelines? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's t there's two sort of thoughts and schools of thought. For me, it's just do the most difficult one first because you have such a good opportunity when you've taken both bands out to finish it and check it, um, and you 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 don't get that. You can't usually get to the proximal service to do anything. So that's that's amazing. Um, the, the the other so which one's most difficult and and which one's most difficult is usually i will say the one that's most claustrophobic so a big a big molar class two is usually a lot easier to fill actually than a really small type premolar mm -hmm. um and especially if you're someone who religiously doesn't believe in bulk fills because you're gonna have to do them in tiny little increments and things and it's really difficult i would venture possibly impossible um so uh, claustrophobic <laughs> ones i would do first because they're more difficult the other thing to look at is the cervical height of the cavity margin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, again, the lower down it is, the harder it is to do the wedge test. And if on yes. this first cavity, you don't necessarily have to get below it as long as it's sealing. So it's um, usually I would go with the deeper one um, mm -hmm. and then leave the, the, the shallower uh, one to, to be able to do the wedging when you need the separation. So, yeah, that's, well, that that's probably a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. That is a great, and he said, "Yeah, do." The, I'm glad you mentioned about the claustrophobic because sometimes when you say do the difficult one first, you think, "Oh, the bigger one." But no, it, it, it's actually the other way around. It's the claustrophobic almost, and the yeah, tricky one. Yeah, I mean, it's almost. All, I mean, we got a whole bit we do on claustrophobic ones, and you, we actually teach two different techniques, totally different technique for claustrophobic because, you know, you just got to be pragmatic. You can't, you know, um, one of the things I suppose being a researcher, being a teacher. I suppose we spend a lot of time devising practicals, but also doing them and then taking the teeth out and looking at them. And you learn a lot by doing, you can do a lot by playing with typodons. Like, and I have, I've never spent more time with typodons than this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Developing products, looking at products, having a look. And, and you know, you're taking them out and it's just, vo it's just Voidsville, you know? It's, it's, uh, it's, uh. Uh, and you know, there's there's two there's the argument on shrinkage. Of course, there is, and we want to keep volume support. But there's also like a practical thing of having voids everywhere. Like that's crack propagation. You know, there's there's usually there's roots in often. You know, and so there's a whole other argument there. And I, I suppose that's why those two camps. You know, and I'm not in. I would hope I try to straddle it a little bit. But that it's a bit like that adhesive versus conventional dentistry argument. It's like the bulk fill versus. Um, small increments you, you can see what they're both trying to get to um, mm. I just think you have to be pragmatic and on claustrophobic cavities I think it's borderline impossible to do them in tiny increments for my hands for these hands definitely <laughs>
I'm with you on that. I also tend to, to bulk fill, use the, the bioclear principles when it comes to claustrophobic ones. I just yeah, feel like I, I get a better finish and less voids. Things like for me, like a little drop of flow before each increment, you know, and then packing that. into yep. that. You know, it's, it's, you know, if you, someone described this to me as if you looked at how they did plastics in any other industry, it would be injection mode, right? Because you, you, you don't want, you need a, you want to create a nice, uh, perfect surface, you know, and, and, Definitely, if you take them out and look at these, these proxim walls, which you can't see in the mouth, you know, is that that way you do get a really nice finish on it. Um, mm -hmm. Except there's other downsides, but with some of the really nice bulk fills now or bulk fill flows that are available, I think, you know, it's not perfect, but I, I think it's, it's much pragmatic and it works, you know. Amazing, Chris. You've answered all my questions and given so much value to Pritzrati. Uh, tell us about some of these courses that you and the Bergmeister are running. I've seen uh, some really great reviews uh, online. Tell us about the locations and, and how to book on. Yeah, so Incidental Limited, we, we're a product company and we were getting asked a lot to do sponsor and things and that was great. But I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a small one-man band. It was pretty difficult to take all this stuff. And my background was teaching. So I thought, well, let's try and do it. And, um, Alan's phenomenal dentist really talented um so he's one of the speakers myself who's all right <laughs> and ollie who's a fantastic speaker um, and clinical academic too so there's three of us so it's it's pretty unique like that it's three and we share it out and we're all coming around and we have uh, a bunch of others and we did it as a three-day three-day program um because we thought you know on a day you, you always spend so long doing the bonding you kind of have to do it you know, you have to go through the bonding or you have to go through cavity type design or whatever. But actually what we want to do is have loads of time for the really difficult stuff, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and you need to get everyone up to a level. So we do this three days, uh, we do uh, two days posterior and one day anterior pretty much. So we kind of cover everything. It's got a massive focus on matrixing and to be honest, a massive focus on problem solving. I spent a mm -hmm. lot of time and uh, investment, I have to say, <laughs> developing all these typodont scenarios. So there's, we have soft tissue models for you to um, to manage both in one Destroy. step using the papilla. Yeah, do, <laughs> then also also do DME bands and do them like various ones and do it as two stage in different ways. So uh, and there's a big rubber dam component. So it's all like basically it's just all the stuff you get on courses, but wrapped up in problem solving. Um, Chris, I wish you had this like so many more years ago when I was a, a, a new grad and I was going through all these struggles I had to learn uh, in, in the deep dark world, with all the bleeding and all the errors I made, all the mistakes I made. I wish yeah. I had something like yours because look, I did go on posterior composite courses, but it was just a one day and it was mostly about the upper first molar has this many cusps here and this many cusps, cusps here. No course I ever went on was so deeply passionate about matrixing like you are yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and wedging. And that's the beauty of it. That's the real I, challenge, I, not the anatomy. Yeah, and it's absolutely, and I'll be, I'm okay. Every, it's New Year's, we're recording this just after New Year, and every year, New Year's resolution is get better at clues on anatomy. And I'm pretty sure it won't have happened this year either. You know, I'm okay, <laughs> I'm all right. Um, but I would, I, you know, I would I would say my my contact profiles are good. I mean, and that's why I had to get Alan there, because he's, he's amazing at that stuff. Um, you know, mine looks, mine's um, pretty military. It's just all right. Um, and Ollie's amazing at anterior work. And fantastic. So between the three of us, we really cover bases uh, well. But it's that, um, you know, composite courses, there's so many, and, and that's and it's awesome. And I, what I wanted to do was I've been on loads, and it was always the same class two, like a perfect class two or, or whatever. And, and and it just didn't come back and then go into the real world, I suppose, on on on, on making it work. So that's what we're trying to fill in those gaps of all the hard mm -hmm. scenarios um that, that that we do and that's you know i'm really i'm into and, and, and the feedback's been good and and people seem to have 
of um, enjoy, enjoyed that, and it would it would complement a really aesthetic course. Definitely, I mean, uh, we do a, we do a bit of that, but it's definitely not that. Um, mm -hmm. And there's all the anterior matricing as well, um, of course, and all those kind of things. And it, it just it's a bit of a showcase as well to try. We have all the products we sell, but we also have, you know, you'll have all the other ones. We're not, you know, respect. I, I don't, it's not particularly passionate. You know, we, we use the BioClear diamond wedges. I, I can't get a distribution right for them, I, I don't think. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I and, and we have products I can't distribute. You know, it's quite hard sometimes. And but that has we'll to be admired, Chris. That, it's really good that, you know, you know, as a, a company that deals with products, but you still, for the sake of education, you have to. And it's great that you do this, um, show other brands are available and how to use them in the best way. So uh, massive kudos to you. Please send me the website link so I can put that in the blog uh, blog post so people who, are, who can check out the dates. Anyone coming up uh, anytime soon? So we are we are limiting ourselves to we're doing three courses this year. We sold out four That's last it? year. Um, we're doing uh, Bath sold out, but we've got um, Newcastle. If people please come, <laughs> it's uh, it, we we get we do really well in Newcastle. We get a lot of people, but um, it's, it's so much easier for me to run them there. So I'm just going to get people to come up. Listen, two uh, things about Newcastle: you get you get, you get three treble vodkas for five pounds, and also yeah. if you find my iPhone, um, let me know. Uh, I lost it in Newcastle, twenty eleven. But yeah, we. I, I would. I would love. Like, I think we we designed the course so we could go around the country, really. Um, but then I realised that's actually quite hard work. So it'd be great to get people to come up. But it's it's nearly that's over half sold. There's some spaces left for that one in June, and then in we had a lot of people want to get them down south. So we've got a uh, one in. Uh, we do the Watford in Hilton and near London, um, and there's one there for September. So that's it for this year. Um, and they've they've done well and maybe next year we'll try and do a bit more but we've all got a lot of commitments so um we're kind of uh we're doing that to begin with um but yeah it's been it's been great and it's just it's just a, it's just a bit of a playground really to have a have a three days lots of time lots of little one-on-one -on -one chats and having to play around and it's it's um i think that's what it offers maybe the other courses uh, I'm sure they'd maybe do, but that's what we've tried to do that's different. Well, uh, Chris, it's, I'm I'm so uh, happy that I, I I know you and Alan. I'm connected with you guys. Uh, really, really humble dentist. Really great dentist. Just great all round great guys. Good eggs and dentistry. Uh, thanks so much for making time for this. I know you're a busy family guy as well and all the things that you do. Uh, really appreciate this. Uh, and I can't wait to bring this out. Uh, Ryan, I hope we smashed back-to-back uh, -back Class 2 secrets. Uh, and I know that my Class 2s will be better tomorrow morning as well. So thanks so much, Chris. Well, it's been a pleasure. Big fan of the show and um, to contribute is extra special. So thank you, Jazz, and for all you, you thank do. Thank you so much, Chris. Well, there we have it, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I hope you found lots of value there talking about all the nuances of back-to-back -back class 2s. I know I've learned a few things, uh, especially when it comes to liquid dam as well, how to uh, not overzealously use it, which uh, is something we mentioned as well. So if you like this episode, please do share it with a colleague. You know, these are tough scenarios, these back-to-back -back class 2s, these adjacent class 2s. So please do share it with a colleague that may find benefit from it. Uh, and just to let you know that the app is almost out. I'm so excited to bring this app out for you. The app's going to give you a whole different way to experience Protrusive Dental Podcast to bring you more value. Uh, and for those who want certificates and actually get uh, um, the CPD or CE verifiable hours, you'll have that option, as well as so many other secret benefits, which I'm going to reveal all in due course. Just to let you know, just to whet your appetite, that is coming soon. So anyway, I'll catch you in the next episode. Same time, same place. Catch you then.